a great pleasure welcoming Lamley Boy, who is the Chief Executive Officer at Centec, and of course Centec performing such a critical role in uh, you know telecommunications in the country, making sure that radio signals and television signals get all over the place. Uh, it's such a great pleasure to welcome you to what's next in Lamley. How are you doing? Uh, good day, Aki. Thank you very much for welcoming me. Yes, I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, we're living in exciting times and interesting times, but uh, I guess it's one of those uh, great times to be alive today. No, absolutely. Now, listen, I've been in broadcasting, so I know a lot about what Centec does. Yeah. Uh, I've been up a few of your towers and you've, you know, you do such a, you form such a critical part of our infrastructure across the country. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, people don't know about is the, the Brixton Tower, you know, um, and the name that Centec sits on top of it and how critically important that is on that Brixton Tower. You know, not a lot of people know that that is a critical component of just getting, um, you know, signal to radio or to television and, and how important that is, that Brixton Tower. Um, tell us a little bit about Centec, uh, about the tower, and uh, and give us a brief overview of, of Centec, because it's such a fascinating organization. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, Centec is a state-owned entity, uh, as some may know, and our mandate is really to deliver universal access to uh, media that covers both uh, radio and television. And we carry uh, broadcasters such as the SABC, which is our big one um, on television, and then you have uh, ETV and, uh, and MultiChoice on DTT, and all the radio stations in the country are carried on our network, um, both community media and, and, uh, and, and, and commercial, as well as the public broadcasting services. Uh, some community media broadcasters may be carrying their content themselves, which are quite a few of them. But what you see um, in Auckland Park, in Brixton Tower, that is our biggest site in the country. Um, and the audience that is covered by that site is in, in excess of 5 million um, users in Clouting. So um, it is one of our platinum sites, which we ensure that it runs 24 hours, whether there's load shedding or not, it keeps running because we've provisioned it for for provision for it to be uh, carried by backup services and uh, in terms of power supply. And Centec as an organization also are focusing on providing broadband connectivity for remote sites. We know that the mobile operators and other entities um, who are commercial, they do all the, the, the creaming of the the broadband services in the main cities, but there are outlying areas out there who are not covered by uh, by broadband services. So we, we fill that gap where there's a need. When government says, look, we've got a clinic out there, we've got a school out there, which can you provide a service to it? Or we've got a government department there that uh, we would like to, uh, as a government, would like to cover. Can you provide that service? And that is really what we do, to fill the gap which the commercial entities have not managed to do. And obviously, because we are not uh, funded by government, we fund uh, from a commercial activity. So it has to make sense commercially, whatever we do. Right, yeah. right. And I mean, the, the Brixton Tower is a fascinating one. I mean, I, I think the Brixton Tower has been around for more than, what, 50 years? Yeah. 
and 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 I remember in the days there used to be all sorts of different technologies when there were pages around. I'm giving my age away, but uh, and it's a, it's it's actually at a very high point. So you've yeah. got quite a long range from there, and you've got all sorts of microwave links at the top of that tower. When you look at Centec at the moment, you mentioned about all the broadcast links. And obviously, the business focus has also changed quite a bit. Yes. I mean, we're hearing about digital migration, for example. You've evolved together with technology. And, you know, you mentioned broadband and all the fiber links that you guys offer. But, uh, you know, Centec's new business focus post-digital migration, what is Centec going to evolve into as a business? Yeah. You know, we've been busy with the digital migration, as you've said, uh, okay, and uh, and the infrastructure has been set up, rolled out. We've got it ready. Um, I think almost more than 10 years now that the, the infrastructure has been ready for uh, delivering uh, DTT. And, and we're basically running two networks now, the, the analog network and the, the, the digital uh, terrestrial network. Uh, so when we switch off analog uh, in the not so far future, uh, we will then be running on digital only where we've got multiple channels uh, where our broadcasters will be carried on are carried on this network right now and uh, um, and we have uh, a situation for instance in in, in in towers such as Brixton where we're running multiple channels and, and my information on Brixton are trying to source it out is more than 200 meters high um, so we could wow. carry the tallest uh, site um, that we have on the in the country in fact uh, if you've been up on top there uh, it's, it's quite scary you must not look down when you climb that tower otherwise you'll feel a bit high sick <laughs> yeah so I, I, well listen I, I haven't i haven't been i'd love to go sometime uh, yeah. if, if if the invitation is open I, I find those towers fascinating yeah sorry to interrupt yeah you. No, no problem so once we've uh, done the migration okay uh, will uh, proceed with our media content uh, distribution using digital platforms such as the, the digital terrestrial television and uh, direct to home, which we're currently doing, which is via satellite. And also, in addition to that, we're evolving into providing broadband services in the remote areas, as I've said earlier on, using uh, satellite and, and Broadband wireless, which is terrestrial. Uh, we are yet to get the spectrum for doing our uh, terrestrial broadband. For now, we are basically using the, um, the unlicensed spectrum for, for remote areas because in those areas, you don't have interference. Uh, at least you can be able to deliver broadband uh, to the remote areas. So, but also on the, uh, from the technology evolution point of view, although we've been using satellite as a country and as an organization, it's always been leased satellites that we lease from providers uh, from the US, from Europe, from the Middle East. But uh, it's been a mandate given to us that it's about time that we now evolve from only leasing but to leasing and also owning our own satellites. So this is one of the projects which we are working on developing a, a business case for them, a funding model. Uh, bringing in um, some of the uh, investors which would be local and maybe some from the region. So what will Centec look like in the future? Will be an organization that has got maybe four components to its business model, which is one will be media 
And the second one would be infrastructure, which is uh, like managed infrastructure services such as data centers. And uh, because we've got a lot of excess capacity on our sites, on our towers, so we list out this capacity to users like mobile operators. Um, and, and, and obviously, they, they pay us for that service. And then there will be a focus on, on the space uh, services, which is our satellite uh, launch for the country. Um, and, and also, in, in addition to that, the, the main one will really be broadband services. So it will be those four components that will really be driving the business of Centec. We're still on the, um, the, 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 the wholesale side of, of, of service provisioning. We are not uh, yet on the devices and user devices. For instance, we'll set up our broadband uh, service to, to a school, to a clinic, to a community, and set up Wi-Fi hotspots around. And the, the aim is to enable SMEs to then say, well, we've got a backhaul site here, we've got a Wi-Fi hotspot here. Can you commercialize that hotspot for, for the benefit of the community and also for, for your growth as an SME? So that's really how we're going to model our business moving forward. It's, a, it's, a, it's absolutely fascinating. I mean, it's almost like you're reinventing uh, what you've been doing. I mean, you've been doing a broadband for a while, but you're adding on to that capacity and really providing critical services to those parts of the country, as you mentioned, that might not have broadband. You've got access to some of that spectrum. And it's interesting you talk about uh, satellites. I know that the Pan-African satellite is one of the, the major pro projects that uh, Centec is currently working on. Are you able to tell us a bit about this project and, and the role that uh, Centec will play in, in, in this particular satellite? Yes. Yes, uh, I think I can share with you briefly what um, has been out in the open, uh, which the shareholder or Minister of Communications and Digital Technologies announced that government would like to launch uh, a South African-owned satellite. Uh, where we are now with that plan is we've done a lot of background work, a lot of uh, design and specking of that satellite, a lot of coordination with our partners such as the, the Department of Communication and Digital Technologies, Department of Science and Innovation, um, the Department of Trade and Industry, even the, the even defense, all the users of satellite capacity in the public sector. We've got all those partners with us and developing and we are in the process of getting a final strategy, our national strategy for communication satellite signed off by, by cabinet. Uh, but the mandate has been approved to go ahead with this satellite. I think the details will then go to the market in the in the near future, where we will then invite those potential partners, potential service providers, to give us more information so that we can concretize this. The aim is to ensure that in the next three years, we've got a, an SA-owned satellite in space. And obviously, when you launch a satellite, you've got to launch it in phases. You may start by having a, what what we call the a hosted payload, uh, meaning that you basically get a satellite provider to build a satellite for you and launch it for you and brand it for yourself. Uh, and then the second part of that is to have you build it from scratch, which is what we want to do, so that we can begin to build a capacity from a space technology perspective. We, we've done that in the country where we launched small, low Earth orbiting satellites. Uh, so we've got a few of those that have been launched uh, by South Africa. But now we're moving higher up in the 
in the value chain, if you like, where we move into an area of geostationary satellites instead of uh, being on the low Earth orbiting satellites. That's so interesting. And you look at how many satellites above there. I always got the impression that, you know, satellites were, uh, you know, a, a, a technology that's kind of been phased out, yet there's a lot of sal- satellites that are being launched. Why satellite communications specifically, Mlamli? I think it's, it's the, the ease of access of every area in your geography. When you've got a satellite in space, there is no limitation. You design it for certain coverage. For instance, if we design a, a satellite that covers Southern Africa, so meaning that the, the footprint and the coverage of that uh, coverage map of that satellite is focusing on Southern Africa. And meaning that wherever you go, it doesn't matter how remote you are, you can actually access that satellite. So we can transmit information to satellite. Even if you're sitting in the most remote areas of the Eastern Cape or Limpombo, you can be able to receive that, uh, that content. Now, that could be television content, which is direct to home uh, television via satellite, or it could be broadband services, which you, which you receive using what we call uh, VSAT, which is a very small aperture um, uh, satellite service. So the, that's the beauty of satellite communications. When we have disasters that we face terrestrially, like we face now with the floods, where our, mm. our terrestrial infrastructure is, uh, is damaged, so we have to back it up with the satellite uh, communication. This is really the beauty of satellite. So if the bear doesn't fall off the sky, you always have uh, transmission continuity. Where you need to protect is your ground station, uh, where we, we, we have got different sites where we, we, we launch our services from so that we can have backup. Yeah. If something happens to the, to the Honeydew site, uh, then we've got a backup site in a remote area where we can be able to, to back, back up and restore the service from. Wow, that's so interesting. I mean, you mentioned, um, you know, technology services and, and a backup. Um, I mean, are there any other services that you can use through this medium? I, I also imagine, and I, I don't know if the satellite will be able to do it, but, you know, for climate change, for example, to monitor, you know, agricultural change and weather changes and how that's impacting the environment. I mean, what other uh, applications will we have through this satellite? Numerous ones. I mean, this one would be a communication satellite, web satellite, and the, the ones that you can use for uh, for earth observation and monitoring of climate change, uh, disaster monitoring, would be a low earth orbiting satellites, which you you can take uh, pictures and images of the of the terrain that you are monitoring. You could use those for agricultural uh, crop monitoring, for instance. That's the low earth satellite. Yeah. For those, you need a constellation of satellites, which, in fact, even for broadband, you can use the, the constellation of satellites at a low Earth orbiting uh, space because you, you would not be at a, at a geostationary location, but you need more of those to cover. Uh, when one satellite moves away from you, you need another one to continue being there so that you don't lose connectivity. So, so that geostationary satellite, you can use it also for not only for television, but for communications. Uh, I mean, if you, you remember again in your days as a broadcaster, you probably might be carrying a satellite phone to go to a remote 
place and be able to make te- telephone communications from there. That technology is still uh, applicable even today. Oh, you're giving my age away, lovely. Thank you for that. <laughs> but but absolutely, I, I really get uh, where, and there is definitely a need for this particular satellite. It sounds like a very ambitious project. Um, you did say that we have launched low orbiting satellites in the past. Do we do we have the, the expertise to be able to execute and launch a satellite of this magnitude? Yeah. Okay. We've got a lot of expertise on the satellite uh, in orbit monitoring via organizations such as SAMSA, SA um, National Space Agency, uh, out at HDPS work. We've got good capacity, good expertise from the monitoring point of view. We have never launched a geostationary satellite. So we still then be building that capacity where we get our young engineers to, to go and be schooled on how a satellite launch happens from the design and the manufacturing of the satellite to the launching of the satellite. So it's really not about only the, the delivery of the satellite to space, but it's about capacity building and technology building for our own country. Right. It's got to be a collaborative effort because even if we think we've got enough engineers, which we do, but the expertise for space technologies we are still building up that expertise. And then we believe with the partnership with uh, all the other experienced satellite launchers, we will be in a position to partner with them, launch the satellite, and then build capacity to a point where we can say majority of people and resources who are on that uh, uh, space launch team are South African young engineers. That's what we're looking to do in the future. Wow, this is this is very very exciting. I'm I'm gonna watch this with a great deal of interest. Uh, do you have a, a a date in your mind when you will launch the satellite, more or less? I know that's top secret, but will it be? It won't be this year, I assume. But uh, Q1, Q2, Q3 next year. What, what's the time scale that you've given yourselves? It's the early days. Uh, we've got a, a very tight target. Usually, to launch a satellite from the beginning. To launch it takes five to six years, uh, some okay. seven years. But in our case, because we've got a fast track project, we're finding mechanisms to be able to meet the shareholders' target, which is to launch in three years' time. So we're targeting in three years' time to have a satellite in space, uh, and then counting again from now, five years down the line, we must have a second follow on satellite. Because uh, you imagine you don't want to have a single satellite in space because if there's a failure which happens, you want to have a backup satellite. So uh, yes. timelines are between three and five years. That's really where we're targeting. Very, very exciting. Yeah. I mean, th- this is going to make a big difference to South Africa. Now, we talk about South Africa, but I imagine that this will also make a difference to the continent as well. It will make a huge difference. Okay, um, we, I mean, we're a significant player on the south, southern African part of, of our continent in terms of, um, of, of the, the side of our economy, our participation in technology, and uh, and just our capability and infrastructure and so on as a, as a country. So it will be a significant step for us, and uh, um, we obviously we want to be a pan-African player and therefore 
as a SADAC country, we want to bring partners to uh, to the environment and also uh, share with them what we do. And I guess this is going to foster a lot of innovation as well, get a lot of young engineers excited as well. And that for me is very, very exciting. Wishing you luck on that project, Mlamli. I'm looking forward to uh, the launch date and and you pressing the button, you know, the countdown and the, you know, the, the satellite gets launched. Absolutely fascinating business. Mlamli Boy, who is the Chief Executive Officer at Centec, uh, sharing some really exciting news. I'm looking forward to that satellite launch. I think it's going to make a massive difference uh, to our telecommunications infrastructure in the country. Look forward to that day of the launch. Thank you very, very much for joining us on What's Next, Mlamli. Thank you very much, Aki. Okay. I look forward to that future. All the best to, to you. Thank you. Thank you.